time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood News Staff Writer Ryan Doyle. This week's episode of Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by Erner Berry's Excel Add-in. Save time and improve your report building by streamlining supply and pricing data directly into your spreadsheets. Call 732-240-5330 to learn more about the Excel Add-in. Thanks, Ryan. Now let's kick things off this week by talking about Fortune International taking a former employee to court, claiming that he breached confidentiality, non-competition, and non-solicitation agreements by operating his own company, Maine Fresh Seafood. Now, the suit was filed against Timothy McDonald, a former sales rep for the company, in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois on April 5th. Fortune claims that it recently learned that McDonald was selling competing seafood to the same customers he worked with at Fortune through an unregistered business, Maine Fresh Seafood, and they are based out of Minnesota. The company further claimed that while McDonald was collecting a salary from the fish supplier, he was competing against the company for the same customers and concealing this ongoing fiduciary breach with from Fortune. The complaint from Fortune reads, McDonald has been using Fortune's confidential and trade secret information about its vendor network, as well as confidential and trade secret information about Fortune's customers in order to compete against Fortune. Uh, McDonald engaged in this course of conduct while he was employed by Fortune, and he continues to use that information to operate his competing business. McDonald's actions are in breach of his fiduciary duties as an employee of Fortune, the promises he made in his contract with Fortune, and Illinois state and federal law. Fortune said the value of its trade secret information McDonald was privy to while employed was worth more than $75,000. The complaint noted that McDonald allegedly visited one of his Fortune customers in Minnesota on March 11th, with the sales associate set to take over the client once he departed Fortune. According to Fortune's complaint, during that visit, McDonald informed the new Fortune sales associate not to bother trying to sell lobsters or mussels to that customer because the customer allegedly purchased those products directly from a seafood producer. Fortune continued that the next week, the customer in question divulged the new Fortune sales associate that, in fact, they were purchasing mussels and lobsters from McDonald through his unregistered company, Maine Fresh Seafood, outside of his role at Fortune. Upon uh, information and belief, McDonald was selling competing products to that customer well before his resignation from Fortune. After that customer shared that information, Fortune launched an investigation and multiple parties confirmed that McDonald had been selling seafood through his company. One service provider told Fortune that McDonald had allegedly taken a shipment of hundreds of pounds of fresh seafood to a cold storage warehouse in Minnesota. On March 24th, Fortune learned that McDonald had promoted a competitive farm salmon product to former Fortune customers whom he worked with in Minnesota at a price just below what Fortune offers. On the same day, Fortune sent McDonald a cease and desist correspondence, but as of Fortune's complaint filing on April 5th, McDonald has ignored the request. Per the complaint, McDonald is using Fortune's confidential and trade secret information regarding its customers, the very customers whom McDonald was paid to service on behalf of Fortune, in order to compete against Fortune. The company's actions are clear clear breach of his agreement and his fiduciary duty to fortune and also constitute misappropriation of trade secrets. 
pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Long winded, but it, you know, they good, uh, good background from us. I think I mean, I think we did a pretty good job covering the whole story there. Definitely <laughs> wild story. Um, in other news, Ernerberry market reporter Jenna Schreiber reports that the snow crab market in the U.S. continues to be highly unsettled. Pricing has been barely steady to weeks since the end of January, and pricing for 2022 is now below 2021 levels for five to eights out of both the Gulf and Newfoundland. 2022 remains above the three-year average, but is much closer than previous weeks. This market activity is happening amid a lackluster demand for snow crab. Market participants report that the market currently is weak and lower offers continue to be collected. Still, lower offers are noted on 5 to 8s especially, and some significantly lower offers on larger volume truckload sales. Overall, many report that there is a large, larger number of 5 to 8s available. This is not uncommon for the Canadian harvest. Uh, eight, 8 and 10 ups uh, out of Canada continue to be barely stated a week as well, but market participants report these sizes could stabilize earlier in the season, potentially with an eventual lack of availability of larger Russian crab later in the year due to the ban on Russian imports. From a historical perspective, Russian snow crab typically runs larger with a high percentage of 8 and 10 and up crab. Looking at imports for March 22, we notice that snow crab imports have fallen off pace this month and are lower than the three-year average by 60%. Current snow crab imports are also 49% lower than the five-year average and 25% lower than the 10-year average. The largest impact to imports looks to be the lack of Russian imports during the month of March. Down 70% from February in year-to-date imports are down 57% to 3.1 million pounds compared to 7.4 million pounds in 2021. Canadian imports are up year-to-date 59% to 1.4 million pounds. Looking back over the past several years, 2022 is the lowest since year-to-date March total since 2015. In addition, March exports of snow crab are down 82% compared to the same time last year. Much of this can potentially be attributed to the almost 90% decrease in quota out of Alaska for their snow crab season. March, April, and May are typically the heaviest months of snow crab exports for the U.S. As we head further into May and Canadian fishing and production continues, we will watch closely to see how the market navigates the next several weeks. In other snow crab news, the first grid closure of the year has been announced by Fisheries and Oceans Canada. The agency released a notice on Wednesday, May 4th, that the presence of a North Atlantic right whale has resulted in them closing a number of grids in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, Annex 1. According to the DFO, full grid closures are in effect for GW51, GW52, GW53, GX51, GX52, and GX53. And if those numbers mean nothing to you, we also have a map on the Seeping News website (laughs) that can shed some light on that area. But um, a portion of grids GY51, GY52, and GY53 are also closed. Um, Those closures, uh, which impact the snow crab, toad crab, rock crab, lobster, well, Greenland, halibut, uh, winter flounder, bait and herring fishing seasons, uh, will be implemented beginning May 8th at 5 p.m. With recent estimates suggesting that there are fewer than 350 North Atlantic right whales remaining, the DFO has introduced fisheries management measures to protect the endangered marine mammal, excuse me, marine animal. As the agency explained in an April update on the measures, a North Atlantic right whale sighting or acoustic detection will result in a grid closure for 15 days. A whale can be sighted again between days one to eight of the closures without it triggering a prolonged closure. If no whale is detected during days nine to 15 of the temporary closure, then the grid will reopen after day 15. 
However, in the Bay of Fundy dynamic area and Roseway Basin critical habitat area, the temporary closure could be re-triggered if a North Atlantic right whale is detected again during days 9 to uh, 9 to 15 of the temporary closure. Each applicable grid would restart at one and be temporarily closed for an additional 15 days. Things are different in the Gulf of St. Lawrence dynamic area. If a North Atlantic right whale is detected again during days 9 to 15 of the temporary closure, then each applicable grid will be closed for the season until November 15th, 2022. When you were reading like off all those dates and how it's affected the meme of like that woman with like all the numbers and the math going across. Like. <laughs> that's how I felt. I really took my time. I was like, I'm doing pretty good at this, but that's how my brain was working. 110%. No, but it's just like, you know, <laughs> looking at it, okay, we're in day three. Okay. And now there was another sighting. So that means we're back to day one. And it's just, it's, it's so I get the measures and I think they're really important, <clears throat> especially, you know, when, when I first started reporting on this, I mean, there was, I, you know, they're like, Oh, I think there's around 400 right whales. Now we're, you know, we're definitely below 350. Mm-hmm. I, I think the number that people are thinking about is like 336 or 339. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, definitely something has to be done, but it's just, it's, it's a lot of math <laughs> and trying to figure out, you know, like, I mean, obviously thank God someone's doing it for the DFO is taking care of it, but it just, it's, it's complex. 110%. Definitely agree with you. My, my mind's in a blender a little bit. <laughs> but in other news, uh, shrimp imports were released last week, and to no one's surprise, the record-setting surge continued. March shrimp imports registered at 168.474 million pounds, or 22% above last year. In a reoccurring theme, this was the largest March total in history. March 2021 saw 138.105 million pounds sent to the U.S., The top five trade partners once again sent significantly more shrimp to the U.S. than last year, but many other countries followed suit as well. With other markets challenged by a variety of factors, the U.S. is now a prime destination for shrimp. India shipped 20.6% more, Indonesia was up 24.8%, Ecuador up 24.6%, and Vietnam was up 29.1%, as well as Thailand was up 25% as well, and they led the volume charge. The first four countries set March records, with Indonesia sending the most in history. All are up well into the double digits on a year-to-date basis as well. Each month, it seems to widen from last year. I mean, give the people what they want. Shrimp is the number one consumer. More shrimp. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, uh, last month, Red Lobster CEO Kelly Vlade made headlines when she announced that she was resigning after eight months in the position. Well, now we know where she's headed. On Tuesday, Denny's Corporation announced the appointment of Vlade as their new CEO and president, effective June 13th, 2022. Vlade is uh, set to succeed current CEO John Miller, who announced his retirement the same week that it was confirmed that Vlade would be leaving Red Lobster. His last day with Denny's is set to be August 3rd of 2022. Um, Denny's Corporation also announced that President Mark Wolfinger, who was with the company for 17 years, will be retiring as well, effective June 1st, 2022. Brenda Lauterbach, the chair of Denny's Board of Directors, said in a statement that the Denny's Board of Directors conducted an extensive search to identify a forward-thinking, strategic CEO and president who will build on the successful leadership and growth established by John and Mark. In appointing Kelly, we have found a proven leader in the restaurant industry with the right combination of talent and experience to accelerate the current momentum of the Denny's brand. The future of Denny's is bright, and we are excited to have her at the helm as we build on our past successes. So good luck to Kelly. Agreed. And that's going to be uh, it for us this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll be back here next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.